The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Welcome in, folks, to the Giants-Browns post-game reaction show a full breakdown on everything from the second game for the New York Giants 2021 preseason that game being against the Cleveland Browns in which they lost 17 to 13 the final outcome doesn't really mean much but we do have some pretty good takeaways immediately following the game that we can highlight and touch on I'm Joe DeLeon joined by my co-host Chris Flum Chris, today in this game, we didn't get to see any of the starters. We, we talked about leading up to this game, how we were expecting to maybe see some Daniel Jones. We were curious on how the offensive line was going to do against these really good Browns defenders. We were talking about maybe getting to see some more of these receivers, some more Sterling Shepard, but we didn't get any of that. We immediately at the start of the game, it, it's Mike Glennon who's trotting out there. We have the backup offensive line that played pretty much the entirety of the game. And then we have a lot of the backup receivers, the backup defenders. We did not get any exposure to any of the starters in that game. And I think that's probably the the major takeaway here is with a, a different structure to the preseason is changing how teams will be utilizing their starters throughout the preseason. More of an effort maybe to rest guys. Maybe they saw enough from the inter-squad practices that happened throughout the week leading up to the game against the Browns. And so we didn't get any exposure to any of the starters like we were hoping. Yeah, and it it really seems like teams league-wide are just searching for a way to navigate this new this new NFL schedule that we're all dealing with, you know, three preseason games, so less time to get ready and evaluate your roster than they really ever had before, at least this current generation of, you know, coaches and GMs. And then 17 game seasons where you've got that, it's going to be that much longer. There's going to be that much more wear and tear on players' bodies. So we saw some teams are they treated this just like your typical preseason game two where they brought out their starters they played about a half they played some heavy rap heavy reps and then they rotated off the field for the giants and browns again 
like you said, maybe it was because of the inner squad scrimmages where you know, they may might have gone a little bit harder or a little bit faster than they would have if they were just practicing against their own guys. But these two teams, none of them, not or I should say neither of them, ran out their starters, maybe one or two on each side of the field. But, you know, we didn't see the Giants starting offensive line out there. We didn't see Sterling Shepard out there or Evan Ingram out there. We didn't see Leonard Williams or Dexter Lawrence or Blake Martinez, uh, Jabril Peppers, Logan Ryan. We did see Xavier McKinney for a little bit there, but we didn't see Dory Jackson despite the slight flub of the Browns announced crew in the third quarter there. They <laughs> said Darius Williams was Dory Jackson, which I, I had to do about a triple take. as a wait, what? <laughs> but that was just a mistake on their part. And yeah, there's just so much that we haven't seen yet. So many unanswered questions about just where this team is. Yeah. Also, I, I personally just have to wonder how much the heavy workload for the yeah, second, third, fourth, fifth string guys has to do with not having that fourth preseason game. Right, right, right. That's that's definitely a really big question mark here after this one and the the, the figuring out who's going to play and where. I, I don't even know fully if we can say the final game is going to be a total dress rehearsal. We might get limited exposure to the starters. It might not be as much as I think we're anticipating, but really all we got for both teams, the only starters that went out there were really rookies. And you mentioned Xavier McKinney was really one of the few guys that's going to have a, a big role next or this upcoming season. He was one of the few guys that we saw. Uh, you know, we also got to see a little bit of Darnay Holmes as well. But separate from that, very, very thin on the amount of starters that were out there. And speaking on the backups that played, we got a ton of, of view on this backup offensive line which does help us out because it answered some more questions it helped give us a little more clarity on what they're capable of and honestly Chris I'm curious your thoughts on this but I feel like they played a little bit better than they did against the Jets now I'm not giving them a full like wow this is a completely different game they they played fantastically they did run the ball a lot better for them being in the entirety of the time 120 rushing yards is, is a pretty good day struggled to throw the ball and they, they gave up two sacks. But I compared to what we saw, the messiness of the first week against the Jets, I feel like the offensive line looked a little bit cleaner. Yeah, they. I think they definitely did. Uh, definitely when it came to their inside running plays, the counter plays, draw plays, that was where the Giants picked up a lot of their yardage in the first two quarters. Uh, I'll get to that in a little bit when we talk about the run game in particular, but I thought they executed those plays where they had yeah, pulling linemen. I thought they executed those really pretty well, and I think that speaks to how much that those style of plays are going to figure into the Giants' offensive scheme as a whole. Like I, I really believe those are going to be the foundation of their running game. Right, right. And there was, again, a little bit more consistency. You started to get more of a sense that they were playing a little bit more cohesively together, I, I feel. Um, they just, in general, not as much disjointedness. Like, we saw a lot of pressure coming from different spots in the field. We saw a lot of um, missed assignments. We just saw a ton of mistakes from the offensive line last week. And I, and I think that 
it wasn't 1,000% cleaned up, but you mentioned that the run game, the things that they were doing, they were doing it pretty effectively. And I think you can also wrap that into strong performances from Devontae Booker and Corey Clement. Neither of them had a ton of carries, nine carries for Corey Clement, who rushed for 30 yards, and then Devontae Booker, six for 27. Not perfect outings, not anything that really you know, lit the world on fire, but they had some good carries. They had some good rushes. They they fought hard. And I even tweeted this out. I, I really think from what we saw from Devontae Booker in this game, and he got a, a, a good amount of snaps in it, I think that he's going to be a really underrated part of this offense. He's not going to be the lead back. He's not going to have 250-plus touches. But when Saquon has to come off the field, I think we're, we can be a little bit more confident that the offense can be – maybe not as effective, but can still be highly effective when they're not handing the ball to Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I don't want to fall ex- quite fall into the trap we've we fell into with Wayne Gallman since um, you know, 2018 and say that uh, he could be or he's a player that the Giants should feel comfortable with, you know, really sharing the load with Saquon Barkley, because I don't think the Giants really want Barkley to share the load with anyone. However, I think they are going to have to limit his workload at least to start the season because you know he unless we get really surprised next next week he's not going to have any preseason snaps. He will not have played a snap of football since week 2 last year had a really significant knee injuries coming back from. Yeah, they're going to want to build him up to uh, limit the reps and the wear and tear on that knee. And I think they can feel really comfortable with Devontae Booker out there. Yeah, I was really impressed. We were talking about this during the game. I was really impressed with his contact balance. I was impressed with his vision. And I thought he showed, you know, some some really good ability to pick up those tough yards after contact. Yeah, overall for me, it was just hard running. And then you mentioned that contact balance. He scored a touchdown in this game, which is Always nice to see, even though it's only the preseason, hard running is all you really need from him. You don't need him to be like Saquon where he finds a hole, he cuts, he jukes somebody out, and then he's gone for a 50-yard touchdown because he has that home run hitting ability. Devontae Booker's not going to be that. He's going to be exactly what we saw in this game, 4.5 yards per clip, hard running, downhill, pick up chunk yardage, run between the tackles. That's what Devontae Booker is probably going to be for this Giants offense. And we also got some exposure to more of Mike Lennon and then also a different third-string quarterback from Clayton Thorson who was not a part of this game because of the injury he suffered, and they went and brought in Brian Lewerke. Now, I will say that we got to see more of Glennon. I think Glennon had a a pretty good performance in this one. He, He threw pretty efficiently. He was consistent. His statistics weren't really anything crazy. 10 for 13, 86 yards, uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but he did have a 93.7 quarterback rating, which is a very good number to have. Not like he was trying to gash the Browns defense like down the field for huge gains, but he did have some nice chunk plays. He did have some pretty good decision making. And you lump in there, the work he has, the one interception, and he throws for over 100 yards for 108, and he also throws for a touchdown. I got to say, and I, I, I don't mean to constantly find ways to bash Clayton Thorson, but I, you know, I, I feel like uh, he played a lot better than Thorson. We, like, this was a much better performance. That's exactly what you want from a third-string third string quarterback. We were super frustrated with how well, or how poorly, rather, 
Clayton Thorson did in his game up until his injury. Conversely, Lewerke, I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, he, he wasn't perfect, not by any means. Yeah, I'm not going to hold that interception against him. That that was just throwing up a, a prayer at the end of a preseason game. You know, maybe if overtime was a thing in the preseason, the Giants would have played that last series differently. But I I think you're right. Lewerke, he looked fine as a young backup quarterback. You know, he was a little a little shaky. You know, having to throw on the run, but he had some decent passes. He looked good from the pocket, and he didn't throw the ball directly into the ground, which, you know, again, not to pile onto Thorson, he did do a couple times, which, eh, that's, that's really not great for making your case as a, as a backup quarterback or a developmental quarterback. Yeah, for a third stringer, like, we're not talking like Lewerke's going to, you know, turn into some diamond in the rough but for a third stringer goes out there does a pretty good job just have a little bit more confidence I think in the worky uh, than Clayton Thorson and the Giants probably aren't going to keep a third quarterback maybe they find a way to keep the worky if he's eligible for the practice squad maybe they keep him on as the practice squad quarterback but I think he made a pretty good case for himself if, if that's even a possibility for uh for the worky we're going to talk about the run or sorry the run defense we're going to talk about and then we're also going to talk about rice and john before we do though we're just going to take a really short commercial break another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we're talking about how this this Giants run game was effective and they rushed for 120 yards. You see good things from the two guys that are going to get the most touches. Uh, you do also happen to see a little Gary Brightwell, which doesn't really excite either of us. But on the other side of things, the Giants run defense, those backup run defenders did not have a very good day and it started right off the rip. I believe at one point, and it was like midway through, they had given up 122 rushing yards, and that was like around halftime. They ended up finishing allowing 163 rushing yards. Now, that's not really a surprise in the sense that like the Browns are going to do stuff like that on a week-in and week-out basis. They're going to run the hell out of the football. They're not necessarily going to throw for a ton of yards, but they're going to get a lot of their production, and their offense is going to be circulated around how effectively they run the ball so it's not surprising that they have good backup running backs with John Kelly who rushes nine for 58 on a 6.4 um, yard per carry average and then after him the Ernest Johnson only on four carries has 36 yards so it's not surprising that they have good depth at the running back position it's more so disappointing that the Giants backups 
who it took them a little bit last game to get into a rhythm, they still had a pretty good performance against the Jets' run run game. Here we are, complete opposite. Absolutely gashed throughout the entirety of it and just an overall lack of consistency with a ton of big runs, especially on that first drive. Yeah, even the first two drives and then yeah, again at the end of the game, although that was a different set of players. For me, the thing that really jumped out, and yes, the the defensive line was they were they weren't really getting a whole lot of penetration at the at the beginning of the game the edge players weren't doing a really good job of setting the edge which is you know it's right there in their name but you know for me the thing that really stood out was the tackling i i know i noticed it right on the opening kickoff and or i should say the uh the giants first punt when the browns first got the ball yeah, the the Giants really struggled to tackle efficiently or effectively. You'd see them make first contact within you know two three yards of the line of scrimmage, but then their defenders would just kind of slide off whoever happened to be carrying the ball, and you'd see guys get dragged for another two three or more yards. You know, for the for the first two drives, it seemed like the only times the Browns weren't getting ten yards a pop was if the Browns screwed up. And that's something we brought up last week. And I think that's, I'm not going to say it's an emergency, but right now the the Giants tackling. And yes, these aren't the starters, but yeah, guys on the second team and third team, they're still going to play. They're going to play on special teams. They're going to rotate onto the field on defense. And they need to be able to tackle. They need to get that yards after contact down to you know one lar- one yard or less. They need to wrap up. They need to get guys onto the ground. And that's something the Giants coaches have to fix sooner rather than later. There honestly might be some guys from this game that might have lost themselves a job just based on how poorly they tackled. And just from post-game, after the game, I can't really pinpoint who. Going to have to go back and watch and say who had the probably the worst tackling performances. But these backups, you're in a situation where you're trying to make a roster. You don't have to be perfect, but you at least need to show better effort. And you're talking about how the the issues with tackling, you can't be doing that stuff. You can't be making those mistakes. You got to wrap up. You need to show that you know how to play the run, that you know how to tackle effectively. And there are probably going to be some guys that are going to basically lose out on a chance to make this team simply because... They did not come to play when in terms of in terms of their tackling. So it's going to be rough for some of those dudes that might not get to stick around because they had a poor performance in the second preseason game. However, though, Chris, uh, there is a guy who had a pretty good performance that we got to we have to highlight. Ryson John, the young gun from the small school in his second year, tight end, massive dude. Ryson John, three receptions for 58 yards in this game. He had a lot of very, very strong plays, does end up with an injury at the end, and hopefully it's nothing serious and he won't be out for an extended period of time. But I'm starting to like Rice and John more and more that we get to see him. Yeah, he he's not a guy you want to see blocking. I think we <laughs> I think that was made clear over the course of the game. He was yeah, you know, I think last week he or but either this week or last week, he had a holding penalty. Not great, but he was giving up penetration. He was getting blown up as a blocker. That's fine. He is a converted wide receiver. 
when the Giants used him to attack the seams, he was deadly downfield. He's got a really good sense for finding space in the defense, for working himself open, for using his that big six foot six, six foot seven body of his to box out defenders. He's got great hands. You know, he had gains of 25 and 29 yards. That 29 yarder came up on a third and forever on the Giants' final drive to give them a chance to win the game. Yeah, it, it just sucks to see him go down with an injury, you know, 14 seconds left in the game. You know, from what I've seen, he is he was able to make it off the field mostly under his own power. So hopefully he he's okay. But yeah, his development as a move or hybrid tight end is to me really impressive. And I I also kind of have to wonder what it means for how the Giants use Evan Ingram this year, who is a he's definitely a better a better blocker than Ryzen John is, but he's a similar style player. Yeah, and I absolutely love as you're talking about here, those big chunk plays are how you really establish yourself as a young developing player. One that we know is transitioning positions. Now, the blocking stuff, yeah, it's going to be frustrating. It's going to take him time to figure it out. He's a big dude. He's just going to have to learn. But this guy has a some serious threat capabilities as a receiver. And maybe if he is healthy and he continues to show this stuff and he's doing this stuff at practice and he makes this roster, maybe he works his way into getting some targets throughout the season because he's really shown some positive signs. And I almost kind of want to lump this in here where the Giants, you know, they cut Kelvin Benjamin and some people might have been wondering, you know, like, oh, why didn't they at least give him a shot during the preseason? Well, they already got a guy who's younger and is showing more promise that, that they're transitioning from receiver to tight end. So why would they need to do it with another guy? And I, I think we're getting more and more proof that Rice and John probably had a lot more juice than whatever Kelvin Benjamin was giving them. So Rice and John continues to be so, so good for this Giants team. I just want to throw in one more that um, one more receiver that had a very good performance as well, which is David Sills. We talked about him last game, Chris. We talked uh, uh, him up a ton because he played really well last game, and he scores a touchdown in this one. Three for 31 uh, is his final stat line, but you continue to see just very good body control, very good uh, hands on some of these catches that he's making. He's not going to really get a lot of touches during the season, but he is seriously making a case for being the final receiver on this roster. Yeah. As we said last week, it's probably going to come down to David Sills and CJ board for that last wide receiver spot. And you know, what will the giants value more CJ, what CJ board brings on special teams or what David Sills brings as a, as a legitimate backup to Kenny Galladay as that big outside receiver. And yes, Sills had that uh, offensive pass interference to put the Giants in the hole on their final drive, but he has had way more good plays than bad so far. And I think it is notable that he was a quote unquote starter this game and was on the field throughout the game. You know, he didn't play every snap, at least not that I'm aware of. I'll, I'll have to wait and check to see the snap counts when they're made public, but the fact that he was on the field in the first quarter and the fourth quarter, you know, the first and last plays of the game for the giants. Yeah. That is significant. I think that means they really want to get a sense for 
who he is as a player, what he can do for them on the field. And there is a real battle going on at that wide receiver depth chart. And I, I almost feel like when we were talking throughout the offseason, we were speaking in, in almost absolutes that Sills maybe wasn't really going to make this this group, but somebody is going to be an unexpected cut out of this receiver room because he has continued to flash and shine when he's given the opportunity to do so. We are going to bring you a full breakdown episode coming up uh, during the week, so stay tuned for that. Best way to do so, hit the subscribe button, follow us on social media, uh, at Big Blue View, and then also head to BigBlueView.com to stay up to date on all of our New York Giants content. Thank you for tuning in, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll be back with more content.